met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee. And for tonight, we have a remarkable individual sporting a wealth of esoteric and occult knowledge. Um, he has over 10 years' experience practicing ceremonial, ritual, and sigil magic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the extraordinary Pulpazoid. Uh, now then, Juan. Hi. Hey, Hello. Mate, you all right? Yes. Uh, I. I once again, it is an honour to have you on again, mate. Um, and for those who um, who don't know um, the Pulpazoid, he's been on Roundtable. Um, I've been on a few times now, mate, haven't you? A few times, yeah. Yeah, and we've always had a fucking mint time. Mint. Um, you have an extraordinary uh, wealth of knowledge in Canelling all things occult, esoteric, mate. Um, and it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. And I am looking forward to uh, speaking with you today. <laughs> so, mate. So, thinking? well, uh, we have a few things. Yeah. We have a few things. We can talk about how the Western world was set up after the Second World War between the Nazi officers who lost the war and the American side. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about um, intelligence work and intelligence collection and how it uh, shapes the world around us. We can talk about yes, uh, secret societies. Well, I mean, uh, secret societies is always fascinating. Uh, I'm intrigued to listen to the intelligence agency side uh, because we can, I mean, we could always go back and do that way, pick up where we don't leave off, etc. But um, the, the intelligence agencies, that's, uh, that's a huge topic, isn't it? And um, it's, it's interesting. It really is. Uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of intelligence agencies, there's a few small societies and other that are, that are secret societies, completely secret societies, that I, I haven't heard in the in your podcast or in New York Patriots podcast either. Yeah. All right. Okay. That would uh, be brilliant. Remember Robert Anton Wilson? He's a he's an author. He wrote the Illuminatus trilogy. It no, was in the um, what was it in the eighties, I think, right? Yeah, 
Well, Robert Anton Wilson. He wrote the Illuminatus trilogy. It's a trilogy of of, of books where the the idea of the novel is that every Illuminati plot and Illuminati group you have heard of is real yeah. and they have adventures there and everything's great. Well, this is Robert Anton Wilson started something called the Church of the Subgenius. Okay. The Church of the Subgenius is not really a, a, a church with, you know, a place to, for congregation or anything like that. Other, other than a church, what he created was the ideal of an individual who knows about the esoteric uh, history of the world and the esoteric shapers of the world. And he called them subgenius. And they are subgenius not because they say something that is particularly intelligent. It has nothing to do with intelligence, nothing to do with race, nothing to do with education. The subgenius makes sense has sense and sells sense, right. common sense, sense of humor. It it makes sense out of the the different blueprints of conspiracies in our world, and makes sense of that that information. And most importantly, he sells that sense making ability that he has. He sells them, but he sells them to who? He sells them to think tanks. A think tank is a research group that comes up with ideas for policy making. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because Congress people and parliamentary people are not necessarily the most educated people in the world. <laughs> so they, they rely on. Evidently, think tanks. evidently. <laughs> evidently, yeah. They rely on on think tanks, on people that stay not on the middle of the road between the left and the right, but behind the right and behind the left. It's a person that not, isn't necessarily in the right wing or in the left wing, but he, sends, he sells his ability to make sense out of information to both of those groups. And right. uh, as a consequence, he manipulates both those groups. Right, that's um, a subgenius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is. We spoke about this many times, haven't we? Manipulation. It is huge. Um, it's been going on for forever. And basically, now you're explaining is there all, uh, the method of of why uh, they do what they're doing. It has nothing to do with humanity and everything to do with making money. A good example of it is the climate crisis. How much of it is real and how, how much of it is, is an invention? You cannot drive an SUV in London, for example, because yeah, you are going to somehow make the weather in London, that is already a horrible weather, you're going to somehow make it worse with an SUV. 
Yeah. That's an example of how a think tank gives the powers that be the excuse to overreach and constantly try to grab the individual from as many points as possible. And we, we've seen it with COVID, this mask uh, mandate and yeah. the staying five feet apart from everybody. We've seen how close they can get. They can, they can do anything they want. That's what they realize here. And yeah. the subgenius is the person who works on those uh, research centers. Those people from think tanks, they congregate on Twitter. <laughs> they consider Twitter to be very important. They, they consider it to be some kind of, I don't know, public space, public square, yeah. something like that. And they have this idea that they're going to, obviously they sell the idea that they're going to change the world. The problem is they often do. That's the yeah. problem. The problem is it often works. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, you, like you said, mate, they're using, for example, Twitter as uh, a platform. Exactly. Uh, and, it, mate, this makes total sense with uh, our friend Elon Musk uh, buying it. Exactly. With Twitter, if you control Twitter like, tweet, uh, like Elon Musk will do, he has access to any network, yeah. whether centralized, decentralized, or distributed, of of subgeniuses, yeah. of think tank operators. There's yeah, so he's not, a lot you he's, can do with those with that, that type of access. Yeah, he's done it for a reason, hasn't he? He's not just done it for the sake of it. Um, but I think that. <laughs> it's like they use uh, Twitter as the, the platform, and now and, it is. And these these research centers, they, like for example, there's the Open uh, Society Foundation. That's the uh, the George Soros Foundation. The it. The, when they try to manipulate, they don't openly say we don't want SUVs in London. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't say that. What they say is we want people to have yada 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 a speech, right? They make a speech, but in reality, what they want to do is give more power to the to the to the powerful people. They control yeah. Yeah. the the open society controls the context of civic or political discourse. Right, Sometimes right. they control it completely, like the LGBT plus groups in Europe. Yeah, that is a complete control to subvert the countries like Poland, for example. Right, but right. there are others like the Fourth Foundation. The Fourth Foundation controls the context of daily life because they are very they want two things, the fourth foundation. They want to control the urbanism around you, how the city right. looks, how the city works, uh, how much travel you need to do, how much traffic you're going to put up with, that type of context. And the other thing they're interested, and this is what really turns this into a horror story, is eugenics. Eugenics is an idea from the 19th century 
that we can create a better race of people if we decide who has children and who doesn't. Which is the most atrocious thing you can do to it's anyone. Disgusting, that mate. It really is. But that's it, like that's like somebody try, trying to say the plain God. Saying exactly. You can't have children. It's, that's fucking wrong. And they already control the urbanism, so they yeah. know who's going to be in the city. For example, they control or they influence zoning laws. Zoning laws are very important because. If a stripper bar opens next to your house yeah. and you don't have a, a zoning as a residence, there's nothing you can do. Absolutely nothing you can do. Right. And the other way around, if you want to open a small store in your house because you need to make ends meet, they yeah. tell you you can't. You can't even sell lemonade sometimes. In some places, they're so strict that even the grass has to be cut to a certain degree. That's very Jesus. common in, in America, because Americans are control freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, these foundations, the, the Open Foundation and the Ford Foundation, started with, with the people that used to make the World's Fair in Chicago. Or the World's Fair? There was in New Jersey, there was another one in... I want to say California, but I'm not entirely sure. Right. The people that make the world's fair, they realize that they were plugged into the oil industry. And right. if you're plugged into something that is always going to give you money, you can do anything. You can build the city of tomorrow if you want to. It started with the world's fair. It became the, the pretty models they make, sometimes very big, like in like Disneyland and the Epcot Center, yeah, yeah. for example. Yeah. They make the, the, the urban environment that they think is ideal for any objective. And with help of the Open Foundation, they open the marketplace of ideas. This part is important because they tell you the only way to make a difference is in the marketplace of ideas, where supposedly the best idea wins. We have seen through COVID that it's not the best idea that wins. It's the idea that brings power. That's the one that wins. That's number one. Number two, by the time you have a marketplace of ideas and a discourse where you can say that you don't like the, the progress that has been made, well, they created the marketplace, and they create the context. Right. If Twitter wants to ban you tomorrow, they can. If YouTube wants to delete everything you've done, they can. If Google wants you to disappear, you disappear. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, mate, they can bob Lazaros whenever they like. Exactly. Get rid of us. The IMF, the... The IMF is the International Monetary Fund. They are the people that keep Latin America the way that it is. For example, Argentina owns more than 100% of its gross domestic product to the IMF. The country of Argentina is, for all intents and purposes, managed by the IMF. These are the people that come into a country they 
exaggerate the things you can do with money, gives you all the money you can ask for, doesn't ask questions about it, and by the time you're done wasting it, they want it back. Yeah. And if you don't agree, you end up like, like Greece. Greece, for example, they owe a lot of money to the European Union, to Germany especially, and they couldn't pay. So they said, you can't, what are you going to do? You can't charge me for not being able to, I'm a country, what are you going to do? Put me in jail? Well, they did something worse. They opened the, the, the doors of Im mass immigration to Greece. Let's keep in mind that in Greece, Whoa. there was exactly, in the capital of Greece, there was exactly one mosque in the capital. One. There are more Whoa. mosques here in the small city of Merida where I live. There are more mosques here than in Greece. They hate, they hate the Muslims. They hate them profoundly. And they started just pushing as many immigrants as they can because they cannot put you in jail, but they can make your life miserable. I and that's they, what, that I, was the message. I think that, um, if you say, if they despise uh, uh, Muslims, like, like you say, uh, I, I, could, I would believe that. Um, that would be worse than jail. Yeah, because you've not just got one. one it's not like you're putting one the, in jail. The Turks, all, all. the Turks and the Greeks have been at almost war for their entire history. There is yeah. an island close to Greece and close to Turkey that is half Turkey, half Greece. There's a line on the ground, and they shoot each other through that line. Really? And you're telling them. Now you're going to be neighbors with these people. Fucking hell. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the power of, of groups like IMF. IMF can, can fill Argentina tomorrow with Brazilians, for example. It's a, ma a matter of a phone call. Yeah. Do you know something as well, man, right? Um, it's funny you should say that because we're young about Greece and the Euro. When uh, they wanted. Uh, Brexit, do you know about Brexit when they wanted yeah. uh, the UK to join the, the EU? Now, I don't know anybody who wanted going in favour of joining. Everybody was against it. That I knew anyway. Fascinating, it really is. And how, how many mosques are there in um, where you are in Mexico? Here in Merida, there are at least three, and they're very pretty. Right. But, for example, uh, people from Yucatan, the state of Yucatan, hate the people from the state of Campeche. If uh, tomorrow so they, they bring them in as our neighbors, it's going to be blood on the streets. It's like uh, it's proper territory. It's like that. Yeah. It's like invading Mexico with American immigrants. Sheesh, it's going to be violent. Yeah. yeah. The, the next uh, think tank and... Well, powerful power brokers is the, Glo the World Economic Forum, the WEF. Yeah, yeah. The, the Prime Minister of Canada is part of the World Economic Forum, as well as many people in his government. They have two jobs, the government of Canada and 
I don't know how to call it, the government, I suppose, of World Economic Forum. They're, they have two jobs. It's, it shouldn't be legal, but somehow it is because they are the powerful people. And when the truckers wanted the World Economic Forum to relax its measures in Canada because it was killing small businesses, like it did in Mexico, it killed small businesses and the service industry, which is the economy in, in the city I live. The World Economic Forum, when they saw the truckers and their horns, and they uh, took away their rights to have a bank. They cannot have banking operations. Right. They have to live from the banking operations of close family members or friends. They have this, 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 this black spot on their, on their file, no matter where they go, when they are going to get paid by whoever employs them, they have to give it to them in cash. Right. What if the company says no and they just fire you? Well, they fire you. <laughs> That's the World Economic Forum for you. If you don't like it, you don't protest. We'll take away your banking privileges. Because it's to these people, it's a privilege and not a right. Yeah, so basically, mate, uh, that is manipulation again. Manipulating people into, uh, you do as what we say, or you don't get anything, basically. Like you say, you're taking away like small businesses. Uh, it's, it's, it's wrong. It, it absolutely killed the small businesses here in Merida. And Mexico is a very, very relaxed country when it comes to pandemic. A very relaxed country. We didn't have a anti-vaxxer movement here, thank God. Yeah. Because our vaccine is different from the American vaccine. Our vaccine is made by a company that, I don't know, doesn't kill as many people as Pfizer does. <laughs> you know, so they call it yeah. a third world company, but let's be honest, it didn't kill anyone. Uh, uh, you can't say the same about Pfizer. And they knew uh, it, yeah, by the way. Yeah. They took advantage of the invasion of Russia into Ukraine to, to start um, leaking the documents that proved Pfizer was knowingly yeah, giving it, it, vaccines that could kill some people. They didn't know why they killed them, and they didn't know how to stop it. Yeah. But they, they sure didn't say no to the money. No, they wouldn't want that. It's all they bothered about is money. The same happens with G7. G7 meeting, or the G7 summit, it's where the seven most powerful countries, they send their best politicians, they sit down and they discuss whatever issues they have. It's a um, geopolitical kind of uh, forum, you know, yeah. opportunity. I think they kick the Russians out, which probably means about, I don't know, 10 to 30 years of war in Eastern Europe. That's what it means. Yeah. But let's be honest, the Europeans are very profoundly racist to the Slavs. The, the ruling class of Europe hates Slavs more than they hate any other group of people. And God, they're capable of hatred. Eh? 
Yeah, They're very yeah, capable yeah. of hatred. This the, the way this works, they control the the context. This control of context is called cybernetics. Cybernetics. Cybernetics usually has two two different meanings. On the one hand, it's more machine learning stuff, computers and what what have you. Yeah. But on the other side, it's also study of systems that humans use, not just machines. Cybernetics is a science that started pre-war, before the war. Uh, they had cybernetics and they had another type of, of, of system of philosophy. The idea is how to study systems and develop them. One side of the of of the planet, the American side, uh, chose basically computer science through the the first version of the internet, which was ARPANET. It was developed by DARPA. It was developed by the military as a project management tool and surveillance system. Surveillance system. <laughs> yeah, from the get-go, it was always a surveillance system. Yeah. Russia, for the other hand, the other half of, of the planet, chose cybernetics. So the people on, in charge of the IMF, of the G7, of the WF, they, they choose cybernetics because that's the best way to manipulate people. For example, the Native Americans in America are the downtrodden, they were subject of genocide, they live in squalor and misery since then, but they gave them casinos. That's a way of cybernetics, that's a way of making sure they can make money on the one hand, but they remain miserable on the other. Because it's very important to the Americans and the Native Americans remain in their place of poverty. So the best way, you can't sell them alcohol anymore. So you sell them the best next thing, a casino, where three people are going to make all the money and everyone else has a crippling addiction for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. That's the, <coughs> that's the American way of doing things. It's fucking, it's fascinating. How, how, how do you think, mate? How do you think? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, there's there's a, a a saying that Biden uses a lot for a, a law they try to pass, a, a act they try try to pass called Build Back Better. It's a global plan coordinated by the IMF yeah, and G7 as an alternative to the Chinese initiative. The Belt and Road. The Chinese decided that um, they are they are very close to being like America in terms of numbers and uh, wealth and everything else, right? They th they look towards the 21st century, and the Chinese chose to industrialize more, to make uh, roads because if you make roads people will use them and more people will be connected. They want to make a road from the capital of Beijing 
to Paris. So it's going to cross a, a dozen countries. Well, Central Asia, then Russia, all the way to Europe. It's a big oh, initiative. They're, they're also huge, making right? uh, ports, especially industrial ports, in right. like three or four different countries that are incredibly corrupt. So what they do is they give them the money, they build the, the operating uh, port, they can't pay it back, so the Chinese come in and they, they, they keep the port. So in the end, they wow. get what they wanted. They don't yeah. want to control those countries. They want to control the port. <laughs> wow, man. That is, uh... That's the Belt and Road Initiative. Well, everyone in Europe was saying, we should deindustrialize. We should be beyond in industry. We shouldn't have industry. And we should just be uh, more software inclined that was the wrong move by far yeah. that's the first of many mistakes that were made in the end of the 21st century because when the pandemic hit there were many uh walmarts in the world that didn't have everything they usually have why because they don't produce it there if you don't make things you're not gonna have things if you don't have factories making shit, whatever it is, you're not going to have it later. If you depend everything on other countries, one tiny problem and it all goes away. Yeah, yeah. And there have been problems in the, in, the, in the realm of logistics. It's called logistics, how you move an item from the factory to a home. It, yeah, that's, yeah. that's logistics. And there the were, they were problems, I'm sorry, there were problems last year in the Suez Canal. There's this ship that for some reason, nobody knows why, but the ship kind of went on its side, blocking the entire Suez Canal. It blocked it right. for about two days or three days. Oh shit, yeah, I remember seeing that. They completely, yeah, uh, yeah I remember it. It was seeing, three seeing days that. and it was billions of dollars of, of, of loss, of absolute loss. And not only that, in a week, you could feel the effects. And that was one ship, one. What happens when the, the Chinese open fire on the tankers and all the other yeah. ships? And we have a problem not with one ship, but with, I don't know, a hundred. What happens next? We can't be this globalized, this, this network, because if one node has a problem, everybody has a problem. This type of networking that we have established is not a distributed network where everyone has the same amount of access to anyone as anyone else. No, we have a, a make-it-yourself DIY, DIY uh, logistics yeah. system that well, like last year, it was problematically challenged. The other challenge they're going to have, the Americans, is with food. There has been at least seven uh, food processing plants that have gone up in smoke. I'm talking about fires, big fires in a lot of food processing plants. 
and from everywhere, from Oregon, Texas, Arizona, Nebraska, everywhere. There's at least one of Ooh, 15 at least. Wow. Most by uh, fire, one by yeah. airplane crash, which I, I don't airplane know. Airplane crash. Exactly. One by a oh, boiler yeah. explosion, which again, <laughs> again, I mean, you know. It's very suspect, and the other right? one, simply explosion. We don't know what caused it. Maybe it was intentional, but explosion. And nobody talks about it. Then they're going to have uh, a problem. I mean, it's not going to be any food lines or anything like that for now. We'll see. We'll see when they go to war with with China. Yeah. <laughs> wow, mate. that's uh, crazy, isn't it? Especially with it. You're saying like food, food. The World Economic so. Forum calls itself a collective intelligence network. The Klaus Schwab, which is the, the leader of the World Economic Forum, described his organization as a collective intelligence network. The only thing that the only thing that they are networking is intelligence agencies. Yeah. Isn't uh, Klaus Schwab did he take all the same college as Vladimir Putin? Yeah, I read that that uh, that Putin was <laughs> in the World Economic Forum. Until he was denied in, in Europe because he's a Slav. But he was there for a while. That's, uh, look, that's very bizarre. That. And the World Economic there. Forum and these, these type of forums, these type of organizations, the people that work there in, in case of Europe is usually uh, former nobility. People that yeah, in the that. 1800s would be in a court, in a kingly court, in an empire court. They they work there, there and in embassies. For example, the, the man who would be emperor of the Holy Roman Empire in Germany, his name is um, Karl Habsburg. He was for a long time ambassador to the Holy See, Germany's ambassador. To the to the Pope, so he talked to the Pope face to face. When a man like Karl Habsburg tells Klaus Schwab to do something, Klaus will do it because he's not asking him; he's telling him. Yeah, yeah. The nobility of Europe, the that remain, they had some problem in the 18th century, some bizarre all-time problem. Anyway, they were kicked out of a court, but they they never stopped having kids. You know, they never stopped sending their children to to college. All of that works perfectly well for them. Yeah. And these these high end jobs end up in the in the hands of European nobility. And European nobility look at, looks at this man Karl Habsburg as its its leader. Because wow. if you're the count of something in Italy, you're not going to do what some provincial government tells you to do. Yeah. Because uh, of course sure, you're yeah. the count. A good yeah. example is a man called Pepe Orsini. It's an Italian yeah. man. 
the Orsini family go back to the Renaissance. Right. They have been close to power, well, since the Renaissance, since forever. He's called the Great Pope. He designed the, the response that Europe and the West would have on COVID. They don't call him the, the Great Pope for nothing. There are only a few photos of him that, that, that exist because he's very camera shy. Right. That's fascinating, mate. It really is. Uh, and they make it work through, through cybernetics. For example, uh, I'm going to center in America. Maybe it's, uh, there's a correspondence to it in Europe. I know there's a correspondence to it in Mexico, but especially in America. I don't know about the UK. You let me know. Fandoms. Fandoms. You know the term? Yeah, Die. like there are people who are fans of yes. this yes. soccer yeah. club or this movie or what have you. They were created by marketing agencies through cybernetics. They use the sociological principles of control from sociologists like Marcuse as a form of totalitarian commodity. The idea of a fandom is that through its symbols and its uh, memes and their activities, you are joined in. And once you join, the, the official culture of that fandom will never be in your hands or the hands of anyone you know. It will be always in the hands of a marketing agency. Why is this, uh, for example, this actor, uh, supposedly more uh, loved by the audience than some other actor? Marketing agencies. That's why. Why is this soccer club more beloved? Marketing agencies. Yeah. How do they regulate the violence inside a fandom? Cybernetics. Because every fandom comes with values. And you want to keep those values, right? You want to maximize those values. They will give you the tools to maximize those values. But keep in mind, those tools are not yours. And nothing leaves, everything stays in the fandom. <laughs> That's how the American government sees its, its public, the, the people of America, as someone who you need to keep in a fandom because they're too stupid, too obstinate, too whatever, to be trusted as, a, as an individual. Yeah, I think that, I think it's generally all governments look at us as in the public as we're uh, beneath them or we're, we're idiots. Uh, and I don't think they like that when we actually, when we've got a voice, uh, freedom of speech. There is no freedom of speech. Exactly. Top bullshit, mate, isn't it? We know. You know, but it's like this information it is, it's imperative, one. It really is. And hopefully, yes. people listen and they share the, the fuck out the episode. Because, and people should know, because yeah. the last slave in America was a slave until he knew he was free. 
because that's how slavery works. Yeah. You're free when you realize you're free. But if you do not see the walls of your prison, you'll never be free. I know many people that are so deep in a fandom that they only speak in memes. They only speak in, in fandom speak, which is not only very alienating, but also it makes people lonely. The more they get into a fandom, you would think the more community they would get. But now, the more into a fandom they get, the more lonelier they get. Uh, I should imagine a bit more, more like limited because there's less people, I would think, that will be in it and understanding it. Is that correct? Mm, magic as a fandom? Yeah. It, it, it exists. There is a fandom of magic, unfortunately. It's the most horrible thing I can imagine. It's a bunch of teenage witches on TikTok trying to put a curse on the enemies of the American military. That's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. I understand why people used to stone witches back in the day. I would do the same. Yeah. It's the most horrible thing I've ever heard. When the Americans uh, moved their troops out of Afghanistan, there were a lot of uh, teenage witches trying to put a curse on Allah. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fandom of magic, unfortunately. <laughs> Sheesh. The internet has been a mistake. Yeah. I think it's been brilliant at the same time as well. It's been great, but at the same time, you yeah. encounter these people that it's hard to imagine that they exist, but they do. So. Somehow they do. <laughs> it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. Uh, well, that's for that's for cybernetics. A good yeah. example of cybernetics are uh, secret societies, and there's there's a number of secret societies that. I don't. I never hear hear discussed on this podcast, and, and it's a, it's a shame. There's a particular one that I'm interested in. That it started in New York. It moved to LA. Then they took a vacation to Cancun before it was civilized. Back when it was nothing but jungle and beautiful beaches. They came back from that beach or that jungle and they came back with another god for their pantheon. They're called the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Have you heard of them? No. The Process Church of the Final Judgment. The Process Church of the Final Judgment, yeah. They're, uh, now they do, what they do now, according to them, mind you, is protect animals. They, they're very conscientious about protecting dogs, which is funny because there are a lot of dogs when you when you read stories about the process church and the probability that they already committed a number of murders. Uh, 
a member of the process church was uh, Sam Berkowitz. I'm sorry, uh, the son no of shit. Sam. No his shit. name is not Sam, Sam, but his last name is Berkowitz. Yeah, I don't even The son that, of yeah. Sam, he was a member of the process church. Fascinating, this, mate. It really is. The process church, uh, they have four gods. They have Christ, they have Jehovah, they have Lucifer, and they have Satan. The way they think about these gods is by putting a compass of lawful to chaotic, crossed by from nasty to nice. So you have lawful and nice, you have Christ. Nice and chaotic, you have Lucifer. Chaotic and nasty, you have, you have Satan. Lawful and nasty, you have Jehovah. Right, look, just look, can we start that again, mate, mate? So for yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, right. They for, have four gods. Right, so the lawful and the chaotic, the nice and the nasty. Right, one minute, mate. So it's four gods. Right, uh, so Christ. They have Christ who is lawful and nice. Okay. The other lawful one is Jehovah, Jehovah, but he is lawful and nasty. Lawful, nasty, okay. You have Lucifer, who is nice and chaotic. And you have Satan, who is nasty and chaotic. You know, this is brilliant, this, mate. I, you know, wait, this is really is brilliant. Uh, right, okay. These groups utilize cybernetics in the, in the shape of knowing the, the, the intimate details of people. And they themselves, the, the people, they are above them, obviously, right? Above the yeah. people that join the, the church. They use what you tell them, and they use it on you. And they have four ways of using it, whether it's Christ or it's Jehovah, which, or whether it's Lucifer or it's Satan. You're going to fall into one of those four uh, classifications, so to speak, and they will ride you until you have no money left and no sanity left. Right. I don't know. They, they went to Cancun and came back with Satan. To this day, I rack my brain trying to understand what did they see in the jungle? Because that jungle used to be the place where Porfirio Diaz sent the, the, the unruly types to die there, making a, a, a train, a train that yeah. never really connected to anywhere. There was nothing there but empty, empty nothing. There was jungle. That's it. And to punish you in Mexico, they used to say, I'm going to send you to make a train, which means not, you're going to die in the jungle. That's yeah, what it means. Yes. So it's a pretty, it's a very pretty place, but at the same time, it has a very sordid history. They didn't have walls 
in that prison in in Yucatan because <laughs> where are you going to go? That's kind of the point of this peninsula. Yeah. Once you're in it, where are you going to go exactly? There are no there's no way to escape the peninsula. So they went there and they went back to to LA with Satan. I'll never understand that. Wow. What the F did they see there? An iguana? What did they see? <laughs> to this day, I don't know what they saw. <laughs> but it, it must have made a, quite a, an important impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Another one that I've heard about but not in this podcast that, that I like from NY Patriot or yours. Uh, the Temple of Set. They broke off from the Church of Satan because uh, they didn't consider them hardcore enough. Well, not hardcore. They didn't consider them serious about it. So they, they made their own thing called the Temple of Set. Satanist, as you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have people like Michael Aquino. Michael Aquino uh, learned to do psychological warfare in Vietnam. He tortured yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Vietnamese people psychologically and maybe physically. And there's a, there's another member, Kenneth Grant, who maybe isn't as big as Aquino. But he I'm wrote sorry. a couple of books which are important to magic. The, uh, he did the Typhonian order of the Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, was he one of Alistair Crowley's uh, apprentices? Uh, well, so they didn't, I, I, didn't, I don't think they were alive together. I think he studied on, on his side with other people. But it's right. a, a continuation of the Crowleyan magic system. Yeah. So all that means falls like that. Uh, that yeah. Yeah, I get you, mate. <coughs> One of those books, Outside the Circles of Time, it's all about regression and avatars, or I'm sorry, atavistic regression. When you Outside go back, not to time. being a child, but you go back to being an animal. You, right. you go back to being whatever evolutionarily was before a human being. You go back to that. So some people transform into spiders. Other people transform into pigs and so on. That's what he was really interested in. In this atavistic transformation that's been happening since the shamans of Africa. Right. The other book, which is a little bit more, it's easier to read. It's called Beyond the Mauf Zone. Mauf, it's called, it's, it's uh, spelled M-A-U-B-E. B as in vehicle. Yeah. Mauf or mauve. I think it's mauve. It's a type of purple. I don't know why he yeah, went yeah. with this. Mauve instead of calling it uh, the purple sound. The idea he has, and it's, a, it's an idea that the chief exorcist of the Vatican also had, 
was that there is this um, there is this space between the mind and reality. between your soul and the outside world, yeah. there is a, a, a kind of space without being a space where strange thoughts occur, where miracles happen, where strange coincidences happen in our lives. All of that is the Maus sound or the... Um, Would you say, uh, a simple way of explaining this is something similar to, say, the Twilight Zone. Well, kind of. The Twilight I don't mean Zone specifically. Yeah. Just like, like a bit like an example, whereas you don't know if it's real or if it's not. Or... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's the that's the Maouf song, the purple song. The temple of Set still exists. Uh, I have checked, but they don't. For example, the Process Church, they were involved in murder, and they might still be committing murder and dog sacrifice, because they're very about uh, saving the dogs. And Satanists that want to save dogs are Satanists that kill dogs. That's what they're saving them for. But the Temple of Set isn't that type of, of, uh, of group. The type of group that is that way, that nasty, horrible way, is the Order of Nine Angles. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. called the Order of Nine Angels. Yeah. yeah. They are in, in Eastern Europe and they try to ingratiate themselves with the Orthodox Church over there and have their own, they have today, their own wandering bishops, wandering around with both Satanism and Neo-Nazism and the Orthodox faith. I don't know how they managed to become bishops, but I can assure you money was involved. Either money or drugs or something particularly ugly. These are the ugly people, the Process Church and this Order of Nine Angles people. That's, those are the people you should be afraid of because they come from all walks of life to become dark brotherhoods. And it's not that every Satanist is a bad person because that's not true. I know many Satanists are very fine people. But it's more common that bad people, people who believe in bad things, do bad people, do bad things, that people who believe good things doing bad, bad things. People who already believe in evil as something that exists in the world are predisposed to committing evil. Yeah, yeah. And they don't really have a reason not to. That's what Satanism is so problematic because there's really no reason not to let your instincts go into pleasure and violence. Or in the case, in the case of the Order of Nine Angles, to go into subversion, infiltration and manipulation. Yeah, yeah. 
there aren't many podcasts that that deal with with the subject of the order of nine angles, except for there's a podcast called The Empire Never Ended. The they Empire have, Never Ended. The Empire Never Ended. They're communists and they have these uh, people from Eastern Europe tell you about the order of nine angles and how they infiltrate the church. Interesting. Just uh, well, have a look at it a bit, mate. The empire never ended. The empire never ended. Uh, let me give you another another podcast. Um, another good one. It's called Subliminal Jihad. Subliminal Jihad. Subliminal Jihad. That podcast is about parapolitics. The politics of covert politics and covert action. All the stuff a country does that um, they do quietly and in conspiracy, it's about yeah. that. It's a very good uh, very good source. I mean, their patron, it's, it's really good. Well, all new materials, good mate, especially when it's such a, a fascinating, interesting topic, such as what we're speaking about now. Um, because it's not not just about conspiracies. It, it's about uh, it's about anything. It's anything what's interesting. Yeah, it's about knowing the how the the prison that holds us to know how it's formed and how it works yeah it's like it's like one big giant theater and let me let me give you some literary um, uh, options here yeah there's a book by an author called david talbot david talbot the devil's chessboard The Devil's Chessboard. It's about Alan Dulles and the CIA, and the rise of America's secret government. Oh, no, that does sound interesting. Yeah. David the next Talbot. one, it's yeah. by Paul L. Williams. Paul L. Williams. It's yeah. called Operation Gladio. Is this the book you mentioned to me? Yes. Operation Gladio. Operation Gladio. The unholy alliance between the Vatican, the CIA, and the Mafia. <laughs> unholy alliance. And the last one. Yeah. It's by William L. Marcy. With a Y. William L. Marcy. Uh, so, okay. The politics of cocaine. <laughs> because it turns out that a vice, any vice like cigarettes or cocaine or marijuana or heroin, it's also yeah. an industry and an opportunity for expansion. Yeah. How US well, foreign I policy has created a thriving drug industry in Central and South America. It's all money again, isn't it? Yeah, there's one agenda and it's money. 
In um, regarding uh, parapolitical research, yeah, there's a. Let me give you. There we go. There's a very good website called the Institute for the Study of Globalization and Covert Politics. The Institute for what? The Institute for for the study. Yeah. Of globalization. And covert politics. Okay. That's a good one, that mate. No, that's the best resource I have for parapolitical research. Really? There really? are five covert operations that you you should know about. There's Operation Mockingbird. Operation Northwood, Project MK Ultra, Operation Paperclip, and Operation Gladio. Operation Mockingbird is um, corrupting the editors of um, news channels and uh, newspapers. Yeah. In in the end, and this was said by a CIA, CIA agent. He said. It's cheaper to hire a prostitute than an editor. <laughs> brilliant. Fucking brilliant, man. And they went to Congress and pretty much told them what they were doing, and they didn't stop. <laughs> well, they did stop. They just used the threat of violence and taking away your banking privileges. Yeah. So, really... The other one, Operation Northwoods, that's the that's a conspiracy they offered um, JFK, right, where right. they could have a war in Cuba if Cubans did a horrible terrorist action in America, killing many Americans. And they were ready to do it, a false flag operation. But when Kennedy realized that these people were serious about what they were doing, he he didn't want to go ahead and, and, and do it. He even uh, aborted the operation in Bahia de Cochinos, and he got a bullet for it. Right. Uh, I mean, I okay, JFK conspiracy. Uh, who really killed it? A French mercenary. Right. Right. He pulled the trigger. There were two teams, one with a French mercenary and yeah. the other with operatives from a from a base, a military base. And who was it? It was the people that worked hand in hand with them, elbow to elbow, so to speak. Project MK Ultra is really, uh, I think, of this, maybe the one we are the most exposed to. Because yeah, MK Ultra was always about uh, extracting information and how to prevent someone else from extracting information. What they do is, and they really had decades to work on this, is they give you an alter personality that can do the horrible things that they program you to do. 
and it is as simple as a man looks into a, a phone or gets a phone call, gets the name of the altar, and he goes to work. And when they are arrested, they don't know what happened. They really don't. It's That's like operation. It's lost, lost track of time and completely. Exactly. That's MK Ultra. Operation Paperclip. It's when uh, at the end of World War Two, they didn't want to lose the German scientists that were very good scientists. So yeah. they pretty much grabbed as many people from from a place called Pinemunde. They went to Pinemunde put those people in, in a truck and then in a plane and then directly to America. The British got there a day later, by a day. Yeah. If it wasn't for Operation Paperclip, America would never have gone to the moon. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, NASA. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, imagine a world where the British government goes to the moon. <laughs> It would it just, have been a, a very different world. I think so, yeah. Uh, could you imagine, imagine what it would have been like if uh, the Germans hadn't have given up on World War II? Imagine what it would have been like. Well, the top, Germans, the top Germans were already talking with the American side. Yeah. They, they funded the Nazis, and when they knew the, the war was lost, they made their arrangements in Operation Gladio, the last one. Yeah. Right, right, right. They took over 20,000 Nazi officers and established a network of stay-behind troops, small independent armies that uh, can go through anywhere in Europe, are CIA-funded, and no one can touch. And they dedicated their 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 use to fighting communism. Right, right. It's believed that Operation Gladio doesn't well operate anymore because there's not a lot of right-wing terrorism in Europe anymore. Right. However, however, they did put the government of Ukraine in power in 2014. They had this comedian whose father was the chief of the Department of Cybernetics in the University of Kiev. That's Zelensky. That's Zelensky's father was the chief cybernetician. Wow. They made a... Made a coup d'etat in Ukraine in 2014 and put Zelensky in charge of their money laundering operation. Keep in mind that the result of COVID was over a trillion dollars worth of wealth that was transferred for the poorest people to the richest people. How you launder all that money, you do it in Ukraine. Ukraine, for example, is in charge of 95% of the production of microchips. It's called the neon industry. The neon industry. There are 
some papers by the defense um, research institute. There's a research institute by the American government. It's called DARPA. Uh, DARPA. It's where the where the biggest brains are are placed in America. They work in DARPA. They work for a few years. You can make a car career there. What you do is you go there with a project. They finance you. You make it. They keep it, and you never talk about it ever again. These are the people that made MK Ultra happen. Right. So it's, it's not like a disclaimer where you, you never to speak about it ever again. Exactly. Oh. In I don't remember when, but before the before the war, before the Russians invaded, DARPA had a document called Securing the Microelectronic Supply Chain. Four policy issues for the U.S. Department of Defense to consider. Yeah. The Department of, of Defense is very well aware of the strategic uh, importance of Ukraine and is already planning the regime changes in Iran, Russia, and China. Yeah. The place where those things are studied is DARPA. One of the reasons they made the, they overthrew the government in 2014 was for the strategic control of raw materials for microelectronics manufacturing. Because Ukraine was deciding between a pro-Russian president and a pro-European president. That's the story of Ukraine in a nutshell, basically. Every election is, uh, we should, because half the country is Russian, so yeah, you, know, yeah. you can change things like that. And America saw that, and America saw the, the danger of one day having a Ukrainian pro-Russia government. They would nationalize 90% of the microchips that America needs. So since you can't have that, 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 that little problem, they overthrew the government. And Russia took that as a, as a prime opportunity to invade. Fascinating, but it really is. The Russians have already established with some, some places. I have the note here. They have a, a zone called the Ruble Zone. They're establishing a Ruble Zone. That means right. there will be parts of Eastern Europe where they don't, uh, they don't use dollars, but the Russian ruble. I think, right. in my opinion, in my estimation, that globalization failed, and it failed terribly. And we were going, we are going to see it in the next decade or so, because the war in Ukraine has has only started. Yeah. This is going to be a, a very long, long process of divorcing Ukraine in two. Maybe putting a wall there. It's going to be another uh, century where the world is divided now in three between China, Russia and America. But Russia and China are friends. That's the big yes, problem. Yeah. 
they are. Uh, that's a huge problem, that way. He said the uh, further dividing. Right? If we all work together, uh, I'm sure the world will be a completely different place. I mean, you know, you know what's fucking, it's ludicrous actually to think about it. Elon Musk spent a disgraceful amount buying Twitter. Surely he could have put better use for that money. I mean, yeah. how, how, how many children uh, yeah. and, and families are homeless? And, this, is, you know, this is really the return of the right wing to America. We're going to see a new right wing in America when Trump uh, succeeds Biden. The real question is what goes after Trump? Because Trump cannot be there for three, for three times. He has to leave after the second time. Who's going to be there, especially on the right wing? And how is that right wing going to be able to somehow resonate with uh, Republican voters? One way they're making that that leap is through people like Elon Musk, that is a right wing, but not extreme right wing. And he's right wing because he doesn't want a leftist government to take away his money. Yeah, so yeah. he's naturally right wing. And he's preparing the, the, the field, so to speak, for a new Trump presidency. And a very disillusioned right wing that is more capable of, not capable of violence, but certainly desiring violence. A lot yeah. of the right wing that I've seen on Twitter, they, they don't think there's time for debate. Time for debate ended in 2018. There's no debating anymore. There's just liberals, everyone else, than Russia and China. It's a, if they do it right, if, if whoever's president after Trump does it right, it could be the beginning of something beautiful. However, let's not pretend the World Economic Forum is going to be defeated that easily. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, they're not. They're going to be a problem, aren't they? Uh, but fingers crossed, fingers crossed one. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it will happen how it should happen. I know we're going, we're going to win. How much pain is going to be before we win, I don't know. But we are yeah. going to win. We're going to win because reality tends to impose on top of whatever fiction we create. Yeah, yeah. Because a government only sells you fiction. And fiction isn't going to make you feed your family, so you, no, <laughs> you find no. your truth somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. The, the other Man. day, the, the American government made the most Orwellian move ever made. They made a ministry of truth called called the Board of Disinformation. It's a board, whatever that means, a group of people that decide what is misinformation, what isn't, and seeks to punish it. 
because of course they're going to punish it. The way they revealed this incredibly Orwellian nightmare, this 1984 horror story, was with the woman in charge making a Mary Poppins song for TikTok. That's the that's how much the American government hates normal people. They won't talk to them like adults. They won't uh, talk to them like they're stupid either. They're going to talk to them like they're children because they're only targeting children now. Yeah. After all, someone has to go to war with China. So yeah. it's not and, going and, to be you, it's going to be your children. And, and these Might as people, well start them young. These people, mate, these uh, people are voting for these people. Do you know what makes me laugh? Whenever you say, like, who, who's, uh, who's voted for Biden, nobody will admit it. No. They even made a, a, an article. I don't remember the newspaper, but I remember the article that, was, that said, look behind the people that fortified the election against Trump. Fortified. Fortified. It's fortified. That's the, the telling you how they won the, the elections. And they didn't win it by popular vote. They won it by manipulating people. By tipping the scales, by being the only uh, voice on, the, on, on TV. That's why they hate the internet. Because in, in the internet, nobody watches TV. Nobody, nobody tweets about whatever's on NBC. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I think uh, I, I actually thought at one point they were going to uh, take away the internet just by well, like, censorship. Or a license, a license with your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on, yeah. The objective with the internet is always the same. Surveillance and... Uh, obstructing you from reading what you should be reading. Access to information. That's where they, they give you access to misinformation. Yeah. But the access to information, that's very disputed. With the internet very, very today. limited, yeah. Because yeah. you just yeah. don't know, do you? You just don't know. No. You said that they, they only want us to see what they want us to see. The way I, I like to parse information from misinformation is the Pentagon, because the Pentagon doesn't work with illusions, it works with what they have at hand. So yeah. I like to know what do the people in the Pentagon read, what uh, do they fear, what, what do they like and what do they hate. The same with this company, RAND. What do they publish? So you read those. What do they read? What is the selection right. process? That yeah, type yeah. of subgenius work, that's what you have to be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. Because when you have a license for the internet, you very likely won't have access to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. Uh, but we're not going to get through it if we don't stick together. Absolutely. I know. Because dividing us is a big 
big thing for them. Oh yeah, they that's, they love it. They love it. But it's up to because us, mate. It's up to us to when rise. When you above. divide, you create a fandom, and inside that fandom, like the LGBT plus, is a fandom. Yeah. And once people enter it, they will always vote blue. Yeah. And as long as you know what they're going to vote, then you can manipulate them easily. Yeah. I think uh, some of the stuff we spoke about uh, tonight, mate, it's been it's fucking so imperative. It, it, it is. Uh, we need to know, mate. We need to know. Yeah, and I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Always a pleasure speaking with you anyway. But, oh, mate. Thank you, Lee. It's great being with you. Yeah, uh, I've got a lot of notes here, mate. Uh, and a lot of stuff I, I, I want to be reading up on. Uh, especially, I really, really need to look into Gladio. Yes, absolutely. I think, I, I think I'm going to tackle that one first, if I'll be honest with you. Uh, right. Just because, oh, just because there's one thing you should keep in mind about any Gladio book. It's yeah. not an easy read. It's the most, Jesus, it's the darkest thing you can imagine. It's right, the okay. Pope talking to, to, to grimy mobsters. It's Nazis setting up bombs to kill judges in Italy. It's the, the grimiest, most horrible thing you can imagine. But it's truth. But it's truth, yeah. Yeah. It might challenge so- your... It challenged my faith in the church, for example. It right. didn't challenge my faith in God, but right, okay. it did challenge my faith in the church. Right, okay, mate, I get you, I get you. Brilliant, mate. Uh, what? <laughs> you blow my mind again. Great. Great, I wanted to do that. <laughs> yes, brilliant, mate. Uh, Ron, do you want to let everybody know where they can get hold of you again, please? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Pulpasoy. P-U-L-P-A-Z-O-I-D. Pulpasoy. Brilliant, mate, brilliant. Um, right, mate, how are like I said once again mate uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on the short, short, short notice again